Hey everyone, welcome to Active and Connected Families. We are on episode three of our series on raising kids who identify as boys. And today we're going to be talking about strategies to help our boys identify their feelings and start talking about them. Today we have Matt Browning, LPC, on the pod, who is the training director at Virginia Family Therapy and the former clinical director of a wilderness program for boys. He was so helpful and informative that we went way over time, so you're going to hear the rest of it next week. Today, he talks about the biological underpinnings of boys' difficulty talking about their emotions, and he also leans heavily into the social influences that make it hard for boys to show their feelings and even tells some great personal stories about the feedback he got when he expressed his feelings. He also talks about the importance of developing relationships with boys in order to help them learn the skills and take the risks that are required in order for them to talk about their feelings. Matt weaves in a million sports references that would be amazing for us to talk about in front of our kids, boys or girls, about sports heroes talking about their emotions and being vulnerable on screen. I hope you love it. I found him exceptionally interesting, and I'm just so happy to share it with you all. Thanks so much for listening. Active and Connected Families is a smart, relatable conversation with me, Dr. Amanda Sovic-Johnston, child psychologist, mother of three, and entrepreneur. I've spent my career providing family therapy and supporting high-achieving mothers, and maybe even more hours with my girlfriends trying to figure out how we can all feel more confident in our work and our relationships. And you all, there's one thing I've noticed. We're all struggling in some of the same places and we're all looking for some down-to-earth advice that we can actually use. So on Active and Connected Families, I'll share some of the insights I've learned, strategies for those daily fights about laundry, some expert perspective on the bigger issues like the mental health crisis, and me chatting with my therapist friends about how we can all feel a little more active and connected in our lives. Throughout, I hope to make you laugh at least once, but I know I'll leave you with something that'll help you become a better parent and maybe even person. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, Matt. Hey, Amanda. I am really glad you're here. I feel calmer already. (laughs) I'm glad to hear it. It is totally true. And today we have a pertinent and important topic around helping boys or folks who identify as boys talk about their feelings. And I think you're an expert, Matt. Uh, I appreciate that vote of confidence, Amanda. (laughs) Well, let's launch into it. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about and talk to the parents listening about how do we get our boys to talk about their feelings? Because it is a challenge. And maybe even start with why is it so hard for them to talk about their feelings? I'm going to jump in here and essentially it sounds like I'm answering my own question, but I'm just editing for efficiency's sake. So Matt and I talk about the idea that from an evolutionary perspective, there wasn't as much of an advantage for men to talk about their feelings as there has been for women. Females were required to be more empathetic and more in tune with the feelings of those around them. Back when we were hunters and gatherers, that's what allowed women to survive. And that wasn't necessarily true for men. But just because men weren't as in tune with how other people were feeling doesn't mean that men didn't experience all the feelings. 
there is a theory out there that men don't have as many feelings, and that's actually absolutely not true. In fact, they have just as many feelings and just express them differently. If you're one of those people that gets into the love languages, you can really think about men's ability to express their emotions through acts of service. Men tend to do more acts of service to demonstrate their love and care for the folks around them rather than talking about their feelings the way that women are socialized to do. So if you are on a soccer team, a great assist to a friend or even just going over to help a friend build a deck are all examples of acts of service that men demonstrate their emotions with. But there are also social influences that make it difficult for men to express themselves. Most stories, TV shows, and modeling don't include men talking about their feelings. They also show men who do talk about their feelings as being soft or friend-zoned. In essence, the world that men live in teaches them that it's not okay to talk about their feelings. So you're essentially saying that there, while there might be biological underpinnings that make sense from an evolutionary perspective, socially, we have also really fed into this and really made it difficult for men to express their emotions and boys to express their emotions because we expect men not to. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, and, and, and the reward they've gotten from it hasn't always been positive. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I remember, uh, being heartbroken and, you know, I wrestled when I was younger and just being heartbroken with a match that I lost in overtime that was going to change my trajectory for the, the districts, regionals, and, and ultimately state. And I just remember, you know, just bawling. And it was honestly the right time for somebody to be bawling. Yes. Right? Like I was so hurt and so disappointed. And I remember my coach just coming in and like, you know, being proud of how hard I work and telling me that very quickly. But it was also like, pick your head up, stop crying. It's not what we do here. It's not going to be the kind of team we are. Get out there. Oh, that makes was, me sad. <laughs> well, it didn't make me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But, you know, I, I did as I was told. And so, you know, I, I, I tried to pretend like I hadn't been crying. I didn't want anybody to know or to show it. And, um, and that was what was reinforced. And so, you know, I wasn't rewarded for it, both status wise on my team for showing that emotion. I also was chastised by my coach for Mm -hmm. it and told, you know, that's not what men do basically. And so, you know, I think those messages, um, come, come all the way through. That's, that's what, that's what I would see modeled on television and in movies growing up. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's not, it's not always expressed explicitly like my coach did that day but it's certainly the the meta communication the communication behind the communication is men don't talk about or really get affected by their feelings and emotions and i think we're in this exciting time where the world is ready to open that up i think i I don't know if it started with feminism, but I do think that feminism has essentially said we need to be looking at all of these gender roles and all of these gender norms. And if we want women to have more opportunities and more options, we also we need to work as a whole society to have that. And that also allows so much for men to be able to start 
showing other parts of themselves and learn to talk about their feelings. In the same way, same way women are learning to do things new and differently, men are too. And I think that's really exciting for our boys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you're kind of hitting on something, which is, um, you know, the relationships that men are starting to have with one another and, and um, just males and boys are starting to have is growing and, and evolving. Um, me and you were talking recently about, you know, I, I, I love the NFL and I follow a lot of the coaches. Um, and back when I was growing up, once again, the, the coaches that were deemed uh, the right type of football coaches, mm-hmm. you know, um, just hard and you yell at your players and um, you get the absolutely best out of them by basically <laughs> disparaging them, mm-hmm. um, you know, screaming at them when they made a mistake. Um, and that was, that was kind of like, you know, that was the model for what a good NFL coach was. And in the last 15 years, there's been a development of what they call player coaches, where you have these coaches who, yeah, they, they can certainly be hard when they need to. Mm-hmm. But there's this other side where they're really getting a relationship with their players. They're telling them, I'm going to make the best out of you. You know, you have all this talent, not just to recruit them, but like through the whole time. Mm-hmm. They say mm-hmm. that when they were recruiting them. And then when they got on the campus or, or you know, joined the team in the NFL, it became very different. Um, but now they do that all the way through. They understand how important it is to have a strong relational connection with their players and how that really primes the pump for them to, to just be more confident and deal with their emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of great examples in the NFL right now where there's been some players who, you know, I think, you know, 20 years ago would have probably been out of the league, but a coach took them in and said, Hey, I see this, you know, I know you've been having a hard time. We're going to take, and they've been kind of reclamation projects, but they've done it from an emotional place. Wow. And these players are doing, you know, have had excellent seasons. I think that's why in Charlottesville, folks love Tony Bennett so much and across Virginia. I mean, he is the epitome of supporting the character of a young man. Now he'll get angry, but he's supporting their character development. And I think that's probably a shift. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, know this, I know this might be sacrilegious, but I'm a, I'm a tech guy. So, um, you know, it's going to be hard for me to say this the way I'm going to say it. But <laughs> no, you're, it's, it's, it's 100% right. And the Bobby Knight, kind of perspective mm-hmm. where it was, you know, throw the chair, lock them in a closet, whatever, like that's fallen out of favor for good reason, right? Like it's not, it's not as effective. The Tony Bennett way is effective. He, those players know he has their back. He, he believes in them and, um, and he's going to support them. If they're having a tough night or a hard time, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to address their flaws. He's going to give them feedback where needed. But he's also going to be the the one out there being the biggest cheerleader for him about getting on the right page too, and and supporting their you know when they're going through stuff that's outside of the basketball court. So every single parent out there, I want you to start a really easy way to start getting your kids to talk about their feelings is to start talking having this conversation in front of your children. Right. Yeah. Having the conversation of like, wow, 20 years ago, Bobby Knight was everything. But now coaches are really doing character development, literally copy what Matt and I just said and role play that and with your husband in front of your kids. And you will get some mileage out of that. I promise you. Completely agree. And, and, and you know, once to use the Tony Bennett 
analogy. He has relationships with his players. That's different than just what you know how many um you know how many points they scored or how many assists they they uh were able to rack up right mm-hmm. like he where they won or lost um you know and and you know you said something there too the 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 role models for these boys is just so incredibly important mm-hmm. um you know male role models specifically they just they play a significant role in demonstrating exactly what we're talking about which is you can both be strong and be in touch with your feelings in a way that can, um, you know, that can that can work out and be very positive for you. It's not just about like avoiding hurdles and pitfalls, right? Like we think about that a lot, where it's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna work with this young man or this boy about talking about and acknowledging his feelings or emotions because he's having this problem. Maybe he got into a fight in school, or he wasn't wanting to go to school, um, or he's you know whatever it was. It was something that was kind of triggering, that was negative, and now it's like, oh, now we need to start getting him to talk about his feelings. And I, and I, I agree with that. Like, there's you, you definitely need to do that if you recognize it, but it really needs to come before that whenever possible, mm-hmm. where we change the dialogue about you know what our emotions are, why we have feelings, how useful they can be, and for for boys to be able to see men who do that and actually use it in a positive way, mm-hmm. whether it be to motivate them in the area that they're passionate about or to, you know, connect with other men or connect with women in a way where, you know, there's, there's just more um, camaraderie through empathy and compassion, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And our, um, the previous three episodes in this series have been around what men can do and the modeling of fathers and men's mental health. Mm -hmm. So if you're curious about what Matt's talking about, go back and listen to those episodes. And I think let's jump in around the relationship, Matt, because I think you're right. When you have the relationship, people will listen to the models and also boys will be more willing to take risks. So can you talk about the importance of relationships a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, there's, there's kind of two ways that we regulate ourselves and regulate our feelings. One is um, self-regulation. And so, you know, that might be, it's different for different folks, but, you know, like, like mine is, um, you know, I got to go out into my garage and work out. I have like a, a treadmill out there. I have some weights and I have a punching bag. I don't think about the thing I'm upset about when I'm hitting the punch bag. I just use it because it's about the best way to get adrenaline out and kind of get me recentered. Um, and, you know, that's when I'm at a high state. But I have, you know, there's there's things I do intermittently through the day to kind of reset myself and reset my um, my, mm-hmm. my emotional state. Mm-hmm. But those are things I do for me. And I want, you know, I want you to work with your boys and men about everything they can do for them themselves. I will tell you that part's usually a much easier conversation. You know, once you can get the the boy to acknowledge like, all right, this is, um, you know, this is a, 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 a difficult area. I can do these things and they're going to help me out. I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the garage and lift weights. Well, that's something that like a lot of times boys and men are just kind of because of that socialization are like, okay, that's okay to do. I can do that. But then the other way we regulate ourselves is co-regulation and mm-hmm. that takes relationships. And the more connection and attached we are, to people who care for us and that we care for, the more that co-regulation is going to be effective. Um, you know, if I'm upset, I could go out here and talk to a stranger, but that's not really going to have the same effect mm-hmm. if I 
contact you, Amanda, who I, I feel confident in and feel close to, and I can I know I can talk to about things. Mm-hmm. Or um, if I call my dad and and talk with him and talk it through with him, um, you know, these are these are things where even if they don't necessarily um, give you know you or anybody else doesn't give me like that key of advice I needed. Just having someone that I can talk to and share what's going on internally with me makes, you know, can, can, can help so much. And being able to say, yeah, I was really scared when so-and-so happened. Or, you know, I, I got, you won't believe how embarrassed I was when I did that podcast with Amanda and I said, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever the, the situation called for, it, it, it brings me, you know, a sense of peace. And, and so many boys that were told, don't do that. Like you can do the other thing. You can do the garage thing with the weights, but don't go, you know, don't go to your guidance counselor, your mom and dad and say, Hey, I was really scared here. Or or certainly don't go to one of your friends and say, you know, yeah, that was really tough. That tryout really kind of freaked me out. Or, um, yeah, I was, I was kind of nervous to go over and sleep over at so-and-so's house. Never been there before. Like that, that stuff is like, Oh, we're not going to go there, but that's super, super important for it's, it's, it's half of what regulates us. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's, so incredibly important for boys to know and understand that that's okay. And that takes, that takes having close relationships and connections. If you are enjoying this episode and want more mental health support for you or your family, visit us at www.reafamilytherapy.com. We're a mental health practice with offices in Lynchburg, Charlottesville, and Northern Virginia. And we provide teletherapy across Virginia and North Carolina. We offer psychiatry, individual, child, and family therapy, and even have some after-school appointments available. Again, that's www.virginia, spelled out, familytherapy.com. Thanks so much for listening. I have a question, Matt. Sure. You don't have to answer it. But (laughs) as we're talking, what I really love about what you're saying is like, you're clearly connected to being like, sorry, but like a stereotypical male, like you're weaving in NFL and weight in a punching bag, right? Like I like sports, I would (laughs) never have a punching bag. But essentially, like, the things that you're talking about are these very like gender rolled masculine ideas. And you're talking about talking about your feelings, which I think makes it so accessible to folks because I really believe you because you also hold these other like quote unquote masculine traits. How did you learn? Um, well, I, you know, I told the story about my coach, um, which you know, wasn't a great one, but you know, I, I did have, I did have good role models. Um, you know, I, I, I really did. And, and, um, you know, I have, I have my biological dad, I have a stepdad. Um, and you know, it was, uh, it was okay to talk about feelings. It just was. Um, and you know, my, my stepdad, he was a, uh, tight end for Virginia tech. Um, hence the, the tech Oh, that's connection. cool. Um, you know, he's, uh, if you saw me and him together, he's six foot seven. Um, and I'm, I'm like five eleven, So you can tell we're not necessarily related, uh, you know, biologically, but you know, I, I gained a lot from him. And one of the things I gained from him was it was one, it was, it was not only appropriate, but it was right to have a close relationship with your wife and to value her, um, and, uh, you know, kind of have that, that intimate connection that you showed 
you know, that it, it's not something you hid. It was something you showed and mm-hmm. demonstrated. And also that you, you talked about, you talked about how much you cared about your son and that that was important. And you opened the door for conversations where it's like, Hey, that was really hard there. That, that match was really tough. How you doing? Um, it wasn't quite, wasn't quite like I feel statements, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we weren't quite on that level, but it certainly was demonstrated that it was okay. You know, and, and, so that was that was hugely important. Um, I have a, a similar relationship with my biological dad, where I can talk with him about, you know, things that are emotional and and exact exactly the same thing. It's always been welcomed and it's always been rewarded. And then I, you know, I was very fortunate to work at a, a therapeutic wilderness program. At first, I worked at the boys' school for and and got to a place where I was kind of running the boys' school for eight years. And then I had I had the fortunate. Uh, um, opportunity to start and run a girls program of a, a, a girls therapeutic wilderness school. So I kind of got, I got two different perspectives there. Um, but the, at, working at the boys school, it was very, uh, the being open about your emotions and feelings and being open with people um, was highly rewarded and always encouraged both for the boys we were working with, but also with the staff and among mm-hmm. the staff team. And so that really sort of, um, uh, I don't know, just kind of reinforced what I always felt and knew. And then, of course, but it took a lot of working on it. Um, you know, I, I talk about that I feel statement uh, because me and you were talking about that recently and now you use them. And I, first time somebody talked about I feel statements, I was like, I don't think I can do that. Like, <laughs> I like being about emotion and talking about feelings, but that's too far. And then, of course, I started using them um, or teaching folks to use them. And I realized how incredibly valuable they can be for naming your emotions, slowing things down and communicating effectively. I was telling Matt, y'all, that I tried to, I go into a, I feel, I teach it almost every day to someone, right? And I usually teach it to girls and they're like, here I am, I am ready for this. Like, I feel anxious, I feel sad, I feel mad. And we just like get into it. And I introduced it to my sons and really did the same spiel that I do for girls. And my nine-year-old looked at me and he was like, mom, I'm never going to say I feel mad. You sound like such a nerd when you say that. <laughs> and and I think that's what we're talking about, right? Like boys don't have a way, they don't know how to express it in a way that feels also masculine. And it's it's that dance of figuring it out. Absolutely. No, that's that's absolutely true. Um, it's it's just it it goes against the grain because it's not what we were taught. And as you know, to to go back to what we were talking about earlier, it may not be the way boys are as naturally wired. That being said, um, you know that's that's it's a generalization. That's not that's certainly not true for all males or, or you know folks who identify as male. Um, but but it's still very it's an important skill, right? Like even if that's not how I'm necessarily wired, it's a hugely important skill for me able to, to recognize, first admit I have feelings and emotions, second, recognize what they are, and then also communicate them and, and get that regulation I need, or just be able to communicate my basic needs in a way that is socially appropriate. Mm -hmm. I have to be able to say, you know, this is what I've been feeling here. Can we talk it through? Um, It's important in every, every aspect, whether we're, you know, go back talking about sports or, you know, if you're in a, a club in school or you're, uh, you know, you're, 
you're in third or fourth grade and you're doing your first group project or, you know, you're in the leadership of a, of a business, um, whether you're, you're, you know, someone in, I mean, even the CEO of the business, whoever, wherever you're at, it's an important skill to develop and have. And boys just typically aren't taught it naturally. You know, that wasn't, it wasn't something, I think there's more of it like social emotional learning now that takes place in elementary schools and, and um, middle schools, high schools, but you know, it's still very limited. And I think even then boys are kind of taught, Hey, that's okay. If you don't really take that as serious, which it, it absolutely is wrong. I mean, it's incredibly important. And I think one of the ways you were talking about co-regulation and relationships being essential to helping boys learn how to talk about their feelings. And I think part of that is because they have to trust whoever it is that's saying it's okay. I know the world is telling you that you shouldn't be talking about your feelings, but I'm here, someone that you know and trust that says it's important and let's try it. And if you try it, it will be okay and we can reinforce that. And that's part of why those relationships are so key because we're asking boys to stretch. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, it's safer if it's being modeled and also the folks they're doing it with are folks they trust and they know care about them and also um, support this. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you that that's not a, that's not a silver bullet. I mean, it can, you know, having the close, close relationship is sort of the, um, it's it's the it's probably the necessity. Um, I mean, I also think you know if if you're thinking about your son and you're you know maybe you're you know a, a single mom or whatever your family situation is and you're and you're thinking it through and there really isn't someone to model that. Um, you're certainly encouraging it, but you know you can't really find someone in, in their sphere of influence that's going to kind of model what you're looking for. You know you can find examples like we were talking about earlier um, online of, of men mm-hmm. who are talking about this exact thing and, mm-hmm. and men that can be role models that they're already familiar with. I mean, there's, you know, we, I keep, me and you love sports, so we're probably going to keep going mm-hmm. back to that, but there's, there's plenty of athletes who demonstrate or talk about emotion. Um, you can find it without having to search too hard. I mean, you know, there's the number of athletes who practice mindfulness and not only for like focus, and visualization, but also like the importance of being able to do it to name emotions and feelings that mm-hmm. are coming up for them so mm-hmm. they can control and like use those feelings to increase their performance. That's all over the place. Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the Calm app, but LeBron James, who I don't think is doing it for the money, <laughs> LeBron <laughs> James has a full series on there where he leads meditations. Um, and he talked, you know, one I of them that. is about, about your emotions and like, you know, recognizing them and feeling them and, you know, compartmentalizing them when you're at the free throw line, but that doesn't mean ignoring them. That just means recognizing them and saying, okay, calm here though, need to do this. And, and, you know, so, so there's so many more folks out there now, men out there who are, who are willing and able to, to recognize that, yeah, we, we all have emotions and feelings. Pretending we don't have them doesn't make them go away. Um, We have them and we need to learn how to, befriend them and be okay with them. Okay, you all, I hope you loved everything Matt had to say. And we will be back next week with strategies for leaning into our boys resistance when they're talking about their feelings and also tips and skills for how to actually get them to do it when they need it. Thanks so much, y'all. 
Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and share the Active and Connected Families podcast if you found this helpful. And if you or someone you love are interested in therapy, you can find out more about our practice at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. Again, that's www.virginia, all spelled out, therapy.com. Thanks again.